0: Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat, so you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos, or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot—I put that on everything.
1: Hey, Craig.
2: Hey, sorry. Don't have my volume turned up on my phone, <laughs> and and because I'm really fancy and. It's it's not working. Yeah, whatever. There's no what is, no theme song happening? today. Uh, I, I think my uh, my um, my phone is set up to my uh, my phone is set up Bluetooth to my headphones, so it, oh, it's playing in probably, my headphones. Yeah,
1: that's probably it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll just you know throw it in here on the edit. You'll do what? I, I can edit it in and like actually have the song.
2: No. In there. Why don't we? Why don't we just uh, take a break? Like, just pause, and then you can have a new start. Would that be easier? Or are we just going to leave okay. this? In?
1: <laughs> no, we could start over. Okay. <laughs>
2: all right. Hold on.
0: What did I get myself into?
2: <laughs> we're pros here, man. <laughs> we should probably we should leave, leave it this in, all now. in here. Yeah, no, we're yeah. definitely leaving it in now. But yeah. All right. Well. Hey, Craig. Had to play the theme song. Had to get it in there. Very very much Who's Versus Everyone vibe here. So once again, our theme song, uh, written and composed. Oh, Oh, favorite part. So, once again, uh, written and composed by Randy England at Randy England Music on Instagram. Thank you, Randy, as always. I'm glad you enjoyed that beer we sent over. Um, it's nice to be all professional have a song that I'm playing out of my phone into the microphone. Really classy up here. Uh, but yeah, um, welcome to Podcast Versus Everyone. I'm Craig Powers. This is episode 116, I believe. Um, and with me is Jeff Neusser. And hey, and Jeff, we have our, our favorite recurring guest today. I, I think for our only sure. recurring guest. But <laughs> that also makes him our favorite. Um, yeah. So once again, uh, welcome, uh, John Andershek, uh, to Podcast Versus Everyone.
0: Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, awesome. it's very exciting. I mean... It, it's exciting and not exciting, right? Like like I think, yeah. I think we were we were all hoping to do this uh you know in another couple of weeks, so
0: yeah, it it would have been better to do this to uh, you know, celebrate the Pac-12 championship, but I guess uh that'll wait for next year.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know you look at and we'll get into this, but you look at Oregon State and you got to be like, "Ah, oh, that could have been us." Uh Oh no, no.
0: No, no doubt, it's it's crossed the mind several times, but you know, credit to them, they're they're pretty darn good, and they kept it together, kept getting better, and you know, that's what uh, that's what these conference tournaments are all about.
1: I mean, that had to be the hardest part for you guys this year was was holding it together, right? Like, you know, it was just, uh, you know, you had you had COVID issues, you had injuries. You, I mean, it's just. Like, it, it it was crazy, the level. And, I mean, you guys dealt with it last year, too. So, like, I'm not sure I've seen a team, you know, over the course of two years deal with so many injuries and just, like, just unlucky crap, you know, that you guys ha- have had to deal with.
0: Yeah, you know, I, we, we measured it out. I think we missed something like 91 player games this year. You know, so that's uh, guys like Jefferson misses the whole season. The guy we thought was going to play a lot, maybe start for us at point guard. Um, Obviously, uh, Tony um, stepped away from the program for the second half of the year. But then a bunch of the other guys missed a game here or there because of an injury, because of COVID, because of contact tracing. I think Isaac missed six games. Ryan missed eight. TJ missed three. Rodman missed eight. Jazz missed uh, four. Andre missed two with a groin. Deshaun missed three early. Vova missed one or two. You know, so it, it definitely was a constant um, battle to figure out, you know, who was playing for us and, and you know, based on who was playing for us, how we had to play, whether we had to play more zone defense because we were a little uh, light on the perimeter or not as quick on the perimeter Or uh, did we have to run more three around two type stuff or um, could we spread the floor more and get more guards and uh, shooters out there? So, you know, the team changed a bunch of times this year. And, you know, I think that was the biggest uh, challenge that we faced as a staff.
2: Yeah. And ultimately, though, it's it's pretty crazy for a, a WSU team to actually improve trend upward uh, when they lose their best player. And really after lose the you know, the program lost Robert Franks before you guys came along. And then last year, uh, CJ uh, goes to the draft and, and to add on to it, to have a, a player be drafted. And, and then the team, you know, at least by, by quite a few measurements improved. And, you know, we we all like Kempom and you guys improved 20 spots on there as of now. And, uh you know, like given that, uh, given what you dealt with, uh, how would you assess the season on the whole against you know what you expected to achieve?
0: Yeah, I, I thought it was a good year. I mean it, it definitely was tough losing CJ I mean CJ's um, one of the most talented guys any of us have has coached and um, he's a guy who can really score at this level and, and was somebody that we relied upon a ton last year and and frankly we thought we were getting him back. You know, so last June, last July, he kind of told us that he was coming back, or at least thought he was going to come back. Mm -hmm. And then, as you know, we started really sliding in COVID, and um, it looked more and more like the the NCAA season was going to get pushed back, or maybe not even happen. That's when I think his uh, mindset kind of changed, and and shoot, he got, he got picked, you know, (laughs) he got picked, he got a nice deal, guaranteed money playing for hometown team and, uh, in Portland or at least a local team in Portland. Um, you know, so, so it ended up great for him, but it, it presented some challenges for us that, um, you know, we had to figure out very quickly how we wanted to play. And then, um, as we did that, you know, Jefferson goes down, tears his shoulder halfway through preseason. So that, that changed us again. And, you know, all told, we we jumped forward twenty uh, spots. I think we definitely did leave some wins on the table. Um, we went three and five and close games in conference, and you know, uh, a lot of times that ends up being the differentiator. You know, if that was if that was seven and one, you know, we I don't know if we'd be an NCAA tournament team, but we'd at least be in the conversation, and and we'd be in the NIT very easily. You know. Um, so that's that's kind of an area for improvement is to do a little better in close games. And then, you know, we're all huge fans of Ken Palm. So kind of breaking that down more, I think we did a uh, I think we did a nice job defensively and and kind of took another step forward there. We got to thirty fifth in the country and did a better job protecting the rim in league. Um, I think last year we gave up fifty four percent from two or something, and this year we got it under 50 and then you know our our next step forward for next season for the future of the program is is you know obviously we got to become a better offensive program and we got to take care of the ball better and and get uh better shots do you,
1: do you chalk up the 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 close game stuff do you chalk that up to the youth on the team or or is it just i mean i, I think you know, Pomeroy uh, measures that really just as, as luck. Right. But as yeah. a coach, you know, obviously you guys don't, I mean, on some level, I'm sure you, you know, believe in randomness, but also as coaches, you know, you you feel like you can influence these outcomes. Right. So, uh, you know, what do you guys, when you guys think about, you know, the, those close games and how maybe you weren't able to get over the hump against, you know, Arizona, or Arizona state or, or whatever, do you chalk that up to youth or is there something else is, is, is a team that's more turnover prone, maybe, you know, prone to maybe not being able to, to get those close games. I mean, like how, how do you guys view that?
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny when you play back all those close games, they really all had different themes and different things that went right and went wrong. Um, I mean, the Arizona game, we kept scoring. We scored the whole game. We were able to score in overtime uh, the zone held up decently and, and we had to play a lot of the zone in that game because um, you know vova was out and and we were, and they have such good front court guys and so many mm-hmm. of them mm-hmm. that you're just trying to protect yourself from foul trouble and, and and frankly, that game just came down and we didn't make enough free throws. Mm-hmm. you know that that was the yeah. story of that one and, and we had a number of chances to put it away at the foul line and um, we just didn't quite do so, you know. Uh, but some of the other games are different. I mean, this last game against Arizona State, I I thought the story of why we didn't win that game is uh, we just didn't get good enough possessions the last two and a half minutes or so offensively. Um, whether that was the the tie up on the inbounds play or you know a couple of possessions where we had the ball in the middle of the floor and I like, we turned it over on one and didn't get a great shot on the other. Um, you know, but they, they all they all go. They all go differently. You know, Oregon State, we didn't quite get enough stops uh, down the stretch of the second half. Um, You know, so some of that's youth for sure. I I think all of those things, the more opportunities you have in those situations, the more uh, the game slows down for you and you feel more comfortable about what we're trying to accomplish every play. So, you know, I think having the team or most of the team back next year, that should help there but some of it's definitely luck. I mean, the, the, at the end of the day, the shot that Alonzo verge got, um, to put them in front <laughs> oh, man, was a very hard shot. It was a very hard Jeez. shot. You know,
1: I'm not sure he saw it. You can't say that, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but I I'll mean, go ahead and say, I'm not, I'm not sure he ever saw the rim on that shot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and even the one we had a breakdown on Remy Martin's three to, to beat us at ASU, but that's a hard shot too. You know that yeah. that was yep. well behind the three. You know, that was probably a thirty footer that he knocked down. You know, so those those shots don't have to go in, and when they do, it makes it harder to win. So, you know, hopefully hopefully next year all those will rim out and uh we can go eight and no in close games.
2: Yeah, and hopefully you, you get you get more <laughs> endings like where Noah hits a it's a three to tie and, and you get more like that and less where sure. the other team is sure. hitting that shot. I will yeah. say the Oregon State game uh, Jeff and I have more theories on on, uh, on why you guys lost that game.
0: But uh, we know you guys can't get into that. You, you can't get into that. No, um, I, I'll laugh. I will laugh on that, but I, I will give no yeah.
1: comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't need one of those letters coming from Larry Scott.
0: No, no question. No question. Well, only for a couple more months from him. Yeah, yeah. No comment.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you guys improved on defense this year, as you said, but, uh, you, you, you did it a very different way than, than you did, than what you did in the previous season. Um, you had to play zone, uh, you were, you more focused on rebounding and interior defense versus forcing turnovers. So, um, how much of that was just adapting to, you know, some of those changes you had to deal with throughout the year and, and how much of that do you think will go forward?
0: Oh, it, it was primarily driven by just adapting to our personnel and, and who we thought our best guys were, you know. Um, I mean, <laughs> I'll tell you this. Last summer, we had a lot of time on our hands with COVID. We weren't allowed to go in the office. And one of the things I did was I clipped up every single defensive possession from the season before and, uh, wow. you know, looked at it in different ways, like, you know, this is a a side ball screen with a loaded corner. You know, these are drives in the middle of the floor. These are post-ups where we doubled post-ups where we didn't, you know, this is times when we played zone and gave up a high post touch first times when we didn't, you know, so we really cut it down in a fine grain way. And, and the funny thing is one of the takeaways we had from it is we're playing too much zone. We need to play less zone, you know, (laughs) we're, we're better in man, you know? And, uh, and then but then this team this year, you know, one of the strengths of our team was that we're really big. We can put out some lineups mm-hmm. out there that are some of the taller tallest lineups in the whole country. Yep. You know, and, and when you do that and the other team goes the other way and they try to play smaller and quicker and put more shooting out there, you're probably better off playing zone. You know, and, and I think yeah. uh, I think overall we had some success in zone. Um, we will do. We'll do our full postmortem, you know, autopsy analysis of the season, and figure out if we played the right amount, or a little too much, or a little too little, or whatever it may be. But it, it definitely helped us. I mean, it it uh, was the primary reason why we stymied Cal uh, yeah. at home. It it helped us at UW. It helped us in some other games. Um, you know, but but the biggest part of us defensively is we were able to play bigger, whether it was man or zone and try to take teams off the three and know that this year we were going to have a lot more success defending the rim and making guys, making guys miss when they did get, uh, close to the bucket.
1: Yeah, it's funny kind of, because, you, Oh, oh sorry, go ahead, Craig. Go well, Craig. I was going to say,
2: you kind of, you kind of forced us, uh, Jeff and I, particularly, and a lot of fans to have a bit of a crisis of identity because I'll, in full disclosure, our very first tweet from our podcast account was "zones for cowards." <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, obviously we are of the Bennett ilk over here. So, yes, uh, but but uh, uh, you know, it, it was plain to see at times when you guys needed to do zone, and and we have to say uh, there, there's another team across the state that z- zones <laughs> almost exclusively, and their zone was awful this year, and your zone was pretty effective at, you know, for the most part, uh, definitely uh, probably more effective than the worst defense in the Pac-12. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, so it, I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. And like you said, you guys are huge. Uh, and, and, you know, it's when you got like a seven footer in the middle that can just bother people and maybe not, you know, maybe not have to guard someone, uh, guard a six, eight quick dude, uh, I can see why you guys would be going to zone. So, so maybe we'll have to revise our zonas for cowards uh, going well, forward. I'll, I'll
1: say, I'll go ahead and say that, you know, the my main complaints about zones, you guys didn't really have nearly as many issues with, and and probably a lot because you were so big. You know, you were still able to chase guys off the three point line and you know then obviously you know you collapse and and not allow easy looks at the rim and then also uh you didn't get beat up on the boards so I, I guess if you can play a zone without giving up a ton of open threes and without giving up a ton of offensive rebounds then you know that's i mean that's still a pretty pretty dang good defense and and that's what you guys were able to do
0: yeah it it worked out for us and it it had its moments where it was pretty darn good and um, I, th- I think one thing we will steal from this year for sure is that we had a lot of success playing zone on end line out of bounds. Um, and what's great about it is you can basically put three guys right under the rim and almost take the layup out of the game. You know, yeah. and you take your take your strong side guard and bring them all the way over to the corner to take away threes. And And what's beautiful about that is they have the backboard in the way. So you can't, you can't really throw to the opposite wing. There's a huge obstruction in the way. <laughs> so, you know, zone's great for line, out of bounds. We got way, way better from last year, uh, defending underneath. And I, I think that's something we'll steal, um, moving forward, but, but at our heart at coach Smith's heart, we want to be a man team and we want to be mm-hmm. a man team like 80, 20, 85, 90, 10, something like that. Um, as opposed to 65 35 like we were this year and hopefully we'll have uh a little more guard depth. I, I think that was maybe the biggest uh driving factor between how much uh for how much zone we played is that we had some games where we just we had some guys playing out of position. You know, we had to play Rodman at the 2 or Andre at the 2 or Bamba at the 1, things like that uh just because of injuries and covid and contact tracing that you know, you just Keep adapting and, and try to give your team the best chance to win. And you know sometimes we were successful with that, and sometimes we weren't. But we did what uh, what we thought gave us the best chance.
2: What I remember, yeah,
1: yeah. I say I remember we had this conversation, you know, a year ago, talking about what you would guys, what you guys would need to do to take that step forward on defense. And and I know the the two point defense was kind of the biggie um you know like hey if we if we just get you know this much better at this we can make you know this big of a jump and and I think that um you know the jump I think exceeded at least our expectations in terms of what you guys were able to do and so so I've been kind of like trying to look at the offense now and kind of think like okay uh you know where's where's that improvement similar kind of improvement like where where could it go and so the two things The jump out to me obviously i I think for anybody who watched one is turnovers (laughs) you know that's that's the biggie biggie right um but two point percentage as well you know i was looking at in conference play you guys were last in conference play which i think doesn't shock anybody but it was like you were three percentage points worse than the 11th place team which i think and and again i you know for somebody anybody who kind of watch you guys closely you know would say that you know some of that low percentage honestly like like i can't chalk it up to anything other than dumb luck you know just missed layups and missed putbacks and stuff that should be you know gimmies. and so you know i kind of look at the offense and go okay so you finished 208 in adjusted efficiency but like i go you know if, if you can somehow you know between both maybe eliminating some of the the dumb luck right the variance but also, you know, the improvement of all these freshmen becoming sophomores and getting stronger and better finishers and those kinds of things. And then, you know, you, you reduce your turnovers to something just even kind of middling. And it's, you know, it's not hard to see a recipe for the offense jumping from, you know, 208 to something like a top 100. And then when paired with the defense, I mean, I mean, that's a bubble profile.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, I think it's it's very clear where we need to improve in order to to get to the tournament and, and be in the conversation. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, three teams that this year made the tournament with similar profiles to ones you mentioned are Utah State. They were one twelfth on offense and eighth on D, and Clemson was one hundredth on offense and twentieth on D, and VCU was. I think 117 on offense and 12 on D. And that's uh that's probably what we got to look like next year to make that run is to to take another small step forward on defense and and that probably comes naturally just by you know hopefully having uh better injury luck and and staying big and just getting a little older. And then offensively is where we got to really uh put our time in and invest and work on it and and get better and and I think the turnover thing, I, th- I think we can make a good jump there. In the past, we've uh, we've been a pretty good program at not uh, turning it over. I mean, last year we were terrific there, and I think just having um, more guards available and um, you know uh, the same rotation of guys throughout the season will go a long way. It's it's hard to develop synergy offensively. If you're constantly playing with a different guy than you did the game before, yeah. you know, so that that's part of it. Um, and then we do need to get more layups. We need to, we do need to get some easier shots that will help uh, boost up our, our two point field goal. I, I thought we did a little better job this year at kind of not taking those tough uh, contested pull up mid range twos, um, yeah. but we still we still got a ways to go there. You know, we still have room for improvement um, in terms of, of shot selection. Um, but as far as our staff and our guys, I, I don't think there's any confusion in the program about where the strides need to be made for us to to get into the upper half of this league and, and to have a shot at the tournament.
2: Yeah, and the funny thing to put a little number on, uh, Jeff mentioned the putbacks, and we kind of had a, a joke about it on a, on a previous podcast because you, you mentioned that, and then I looked at numbers, and it it really it, it it's kind of baffling. But Deshaun Jackson was, I mean, it's not that many shots. Obviously, it's like it's like a handful of shots. But he shot thirty one percent on putbacks. Like wow. so, yeah, like you you wouldn't expect that from him, right? Like he uh, I'll shot be honest, that's, on putbacks.
0: I'll be honest, I didn't know that stat. I I kind of I'm mad at myself. <laughs> I wish I would have <laughs> known that. We that's something we could work on. There's there's drills for that for sure.
2: That's courtesy of hoop math. I, I love hoop math. Uh, they, he bra- he's got a he's got a breakdown of uh, offensive rebound putbacks, and even Fa Fa was only fifty percent, which for him is is below his uh, normal percentage. So, yeah. Um, but uh, shout out to uh, uh, Yaki. He was one hundred percent on his putbacks, so um, good for him. <laughs>
0: That so that makes him what twenty two percent on all the other field goals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know <laughs> all the <Yeah>. other twos.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, he he'll get better there. He's got to get better there. He knows it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Let's uh... let's talk about some of the players. Let's. Well, we have already mentioned some of them, but I kind of wanted to run down some of the players. Uh, you know, I this is definitely going to be a team I think that that uh, uh, fans remember fondly because I think they were better than fans thought, especially after CJ left. And, and there was definitely a lot of guys that uh, stepped up that they didn't expect to, and, and uh, some surprising input. But but really, that kind of the least surprising one is probably Bonton. Um, uh, last time we talked, to, kind of right after a non-conference. He was really struggling with a shot. Um, you know, he, he was having a really, really tough like offensive season but he really yeah, yeah. turned you,
0: you guys were getting your pitchforks together. Let's uh, let's, <laughs> let's be honest. No, I won't, I won't accuse you of that, but, but it, yeah, it was good that he, he broke out of that. You know, it, it was uh it was a little awkward for me doing that podcast back then. Cause I, I wanted to just be like, y- you guys got to understand, like the guy we see in practice is pretty darn good. You know, yeah. like he's playing great in practice, you know? So it, it was just a matter of time. I think it was a, small sample size type deal. And, and, you know, he became a pretty darn good player for us in conference. And and really the only thing that held him back was just availability and, and injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, he missed uh, I think he missed six games or five games in league and and we definitely uh, could have used him.
1: Do you think that played into him being second team all pack 12? Cause I have a hard time imagining how anybody rationalized that he wasn't one of the top 10 players in the conference.
0: Yeah, I, I I have to imagine that's why he got left off. You know, I, I think we thought he was deserving and, and we uh, hoped he would get it. But anytime you miss games, you kind of you give an out for the other coaches to uh, to vote a different direction.
2: And what what did it mean for like just to have him? Uh, I, w- there was a great video that the that, that WSU produced uh, on it for his senior for senior day and um, his teammates said a lot of great things about him, but, um, just to have that, that one senior, that one leader, uh, like on the court and off the court, what, what did it mean for, to have him on the team?
0: Oh, it was great. Uh, you know, he was one of the first ones to kind of sign on with us and say, Hey, you know, I want to be here and make this thing good and, you know, help us, uh, build the program. So. We'll always, uh, be indebted to him for that. And, you know, hope, hopefully he comes back. He's going to have yeah, some, of he's going to have some good opportunities, um, somewhat similar to LB as far as, uh, he'll have some Europe stuff. He'll have some G league stuff. You know, I think some NBA teams will take a look at him in the draft and he'll be on their board and try to decide what they, what they kind of think. And, uh, you know, we're hoping he comes back, but you know, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't owe us anything. He he gave us two good years here and um, fought through when the when the program's brand was uh, was a little tarnished and and helped us uh, kind of build it back up a little bit. You know, so we're we're thankful that he's been here.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that one thing that people may may you know they focus on his offense, but one thing that'll help him, I think, in his pro prospects is his defense. And uh, you mentioned it last time you were here, but uh you know obviously he was one of the you know top uh just steal percentage guys in the conference and just on ball defending Uh, he was defending tough guys all the time so uh you know when you start going to the pro level people look at that and and sometimes you see guys that are great offensively and don't end up making it and it's because of that defensive side so uh I, i think you guys uh you know, I don't know if you had an influence on him or if he was just already a a, a guy that loved playing defense. But it was very clear. You know, uh, you, you don't see a six three guy block as many shots as he does, and uh, he just he very clearly loves uh, shutting someone
0: down. So no, uh, he's, he's a watch. great defender. He's a yeah. great defender, and and in the games that he missed, I would say even more than his offense, we missed his defense. Yeah, um, like the the UW home game, the the game that mm-hmm. we shall not speak about. <laughs> um, a, a big part of why we had to play so much zone is that they were they're they're quick. That's one of the strengths of their team. They have a lot of guards and and they can go by you. And uh, without him playing, we just felt we didn't have enough guys that could uh, keep them in front man to man. So we had to play a lot of zone, similar to the Arizona State road game. You know, so we'll um, you know so he's super super valuable on that end. And then you know the the other thing I'd say to for Isaac, too, is it's not easy uh, to shoulder as large of an offensive load as we've uh, mm-hmm. asked him to shoulder the last two years. You know, it's it's hard to do that and and take uh, a third of our shots or whatever it may be and, and to be able to do it efficiently every single game. You know what I mean? If, if he were able to be uh, super efficient every single game at that usage, you know, he'd be a lottery pick. You know, so it's um, I, I admire him. I'm I'm happy he uh, worked as hard for the team as he did. And um, he made the program better
1: from a coaching standpoint. Talk for a sec about how you know what kind of player is willing to take on that, because I, I think fans have sort of this idea that players are, are sort of lining up to be the guy who takes 20 shots and uh and and my impression from being around uh being around programs and and you know seeing players and and watching a lot of basketball is that it, it really does take kind of a special mentality to want to be that guy and very few guys are are able to pull it off but um it's not that many more guys who are even sort of willing to try and you know so isaac you know obviously did that noah picked up that mantle you know for a brief time while isaac was out um you know that's a thing that i i think is it seems to be sort of like like either you kind of have it or you don't as as a player mentality and you know and isaac really kind of seemed to have that and and maybe noah does too you know going forward
0: Yeah, for sure. No, it takes a uh, fearlessness. I think that's the most important thing is like uh, you got to know that, you know, there's going to be some of those days where you're going to shoot 15 times and only make three of them. (laughs) And you got to have tough enough skin to to be able to take that criticism, whether it's uh, from fans, whether it's from your your coaches, whatever it may be, and and stay confident and keep coming back. And and I think Ellaby and Isaac – and Noah, uh, and Bamba too, as well, have all had that quality that uh, they're able to just keep staying aggressive, whether they've made their last five shots, missed their last five shots, whatever it may be. They're not um, two-faced.
2: Yeah, I'll say Jeff has mentioned that he he sees that in Bamba as well. That he's uh, he kind of has that 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 tendency to he can be the number one guy if if necessary.
0: Yeah, I I think, you know, we'll see. We haven't seen him in live live action yet this year, but I think Jefferson may have that as well. Oh, yeah. Um just that sort of competitive fearless streak, you know, um whatever. That he'll try to make a big shot, he'll try to take a big shot and and yeah, Bamba Bamba had some games where he was uh our best offensive player on the floor, you mm-hmm. know, which is uh which is pretty impressive for for a freshman
1: is that fearlessness something that you guys actively look for when you're recruiting? Cause it sure seems like you've got a lot of guys on your team. I mean, you mentioned, you know, a bunch of the guards, but I mean, I look at, you know, I look at FA, I look at Deshaun. I like, I'm like, you know, those guys, they, they you know, for freshmen, they didn't back down from anybody this year. And, and so I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe that that's a thing that you guys, you know, actually scout
0: for uh, 100%, 100% like you, you, you got to believe, I mean, we, uh, you know, all these conferences are, are similar. They have a, a certain ingrained hierarchy uh, based on the tradition of the programs that says, you know, these four teams are supposed to finish toward the top and these ones are supposed to finish toward the middle and mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. And and we want guys that aren't going to buy into that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that don't believe that uh, Arizona should beat us. You know what I mean? And that are going to be really upset if we lose to UCLA. You know, like that's that's where we need to be mentally is that it's not okay to lose to UCLA. It's not okay to lose at Arizona, even though the program historically doesn't win at Arizona. You know, so that's that's kind of where we want to get to. And, and I think Deshaun and F.A. and Bamba and Isaac and Noah – those are all really good examples of guys with that mindset. Like, you know, when we played USC and and we didn't beat him this year, but Deshaun approached that game. Like, yeah, I know Evan. I played against Evan. We can beat Evan. You know, like it (laughs) it wasn't, it wasn't like, Oh, I'm I'm playing a future, you know, NBA all-star and so on and so forth. It was like, I know this guy. He's, he's a little, he's not as uh, strong as I am. He's a little taller. Maybe a little yeah. more athletic, but I can push him around a little bit. Like, you know, that's that's kind of his mindset, and and that's what we need for sure. And he yeah, and definitely been, did.
2: Yeah, I've <laughs> I, I've been a bit that guy because you know Evan, you know, there's been some clips of him like guarding a guard and then switching to the big, and, and you know, like, impressive. And he is a very good defensive player. He's a very good player, obviously. Like he's going to be a very good NBA player. But oh yeah, but but when you when USC came to Pullman. Deshaun bullied him so much that they switched Evan and put Isaiah on, on Deshaun. Cause like Deshaun was just, you guys fed it into Deshaun like three possessions in a row and he either got fouled or he scored. And then they just switched him off. And this is the PAC 12 defensive player of the year. And, and, and Deshaun Jackson no, Deshaun, just bullied him.
0: Yeah. Deshaun, I think has a really, really bright future here. And and I think he has a really bright future on the block. I think he's uh he's kind of an old school guy that, that yeah. you can throw it into back to the basket and he can just keep dribbling three, four, five times wheel and deal until he can get himself a layup, you know, did and, you guys, and his,
2: oh, so Did you guys sort of have like a establish the run mentality with him? Cause I feel like you would feed him early in games frequently. Uh, like, I feel like Deshaun was the first basket in quite a few games
0: yeah I think uh as our team evolved we uh especially toward the second half of conference, we figured out that we're a big ball team, <laughs> you know mm-hmm. we are what we are we're gonna try to win ugly, we're gonna try to beat you up on the glass, we're gonna try to go inside um and that's our best chance to win and to get your bigs in foul trouble and I think yeah. uh you know putting it in the post was. You know, explicitly on the keys to the game for the vast majority of our, our conference games.
2: And I'm sure when you you, you preach that to players, and the, it, that that kind of that coaching is most effective in the first couple of minutes. I'm sure, and then <laughs> and then it might go away after a little bit. So maybe that's why Deshaun kept getting those touches early in the game. Yeah, um, you know,
0: t- teams adjust. They try to front the yeah. post. They'll double it. Things like that. So it's, you know, sometimes it comes and goes. But, um, you know, for him, I think that's his biggest thing to uh, keep getting better at and and for him to take the next step to um, be one of the best, one of the better, one of the best bigs in the league is uh, handling double teams and handling people digging down on his ball and all the sorts of different uh, strategies that teams are going to use to try to neutralize him you know, and that's where like going back to Evan mobile, he's terrific, terrific player. And and what makes him so hard to go against is that he's a, he's an incredible passer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he sees the floor really well. And, and every team that he plays against tries some method to throw a double at him or a late help at him or front the post, whatever it may be. And, and he's gotten comfortable kind of surveying all of those and, and finding guys. And, um, Coach Smith has coached a few of these guys in the past, going back to Omar Samhan at St. Mary's. He was really Mm -hmm. good at it. Oh, uh, yeah. We played against Jock Lawndale when we were at San Francisco. He was one of the very best bigs in the whole country. Mm -hmm. Um, And what makes those guys kind of jump the shark and get really good is when when they're just as adept uh, as facilitators out of the post as they are just playing one-on-one offense.
1: Well, yeah, we're really well aware of that because we had a guy named Aaron Baines oh, back yeah. in the day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, similar progression with him. Uh, yeah. Always, you know really really, good at, uh, you know, really, really good at, you know, really, really good at, you know, two-point shots. It developed kind of a jump hook as he went on. Um, yeah. But when he got, re- you know, for a while, so he was, when he, f- you know, was a freshman, he was sort of like, you know, the fifth option. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, w- w- you know, didn't didn't get a lot of attention right Mm -hmm. for for what he was doing and then as he got about like his sophomore junior year junior year really a lot um teams were having a ton of success throwing a double at him and he just had kind of had no idea what to do with it um and had a huge amount of trouble and then his senior year took a big step forward uh, similar kind of deal like learned how to Either kind of uh, you know, kind of dribble himself out of the out of the pressure a little bit and release it, or you know, yeah. like make a pass to the right spot. And um, and Deshaun just seems like a really really smart kid. Um, you know, just kind of, he's a really smart basketball player. Like I watch the way he moves, um, and mm-hmm. one of the things that he does that I think is, I, I mean, I, you don't see guys of his size very often avoid offensive fouls the way yeah. he does. Um, yeah, yeah like he—he he is he's so. Yeah. yeah, he's so good at like he catches the ball and you know where, you know a, a typical young guy of his size would just sort of barrel into the key and you know maybe knock over a couple of people. Um, he—he he does his like really like subtle little gather and t- like he can assess the situation, and then figure out what his next best move is. He, he's not just charging toward the rim and so. I think that's part of why, you know, we're so excited is, you know, we watch him and, and a lot of the guys and it's just like, you, you can see the the building blocks for, for a guy that's really awesome. And, you know, FA is a totally different kind of, kind of player. Um, obviously not a classical post player, but you know, you can also see, um, you know, the huge potential there as well. What's, what do you guys see as, as the part that, you know, maybe he, the step that he needs to take cuz he he would kind of seem to get lost a little bit in the offense um you know not as easy as you know maybe not easy is not the right word but but not as as simple as maybe dumping it down into the post like you would with Deshaun what's what's kind of the next thing for him is it is it the face up game is it is it putting it on the floor just a little bit having that threat i mean what do you guys see as as the individual piece of his game that that will help him take that next next step yeah him?
0: yeah i i think with uh with FA, it's it's really just playing more basketball. You know, I think he's uh-huh. uh, he's a little bit new to the game, and and just and it's not his fault. It's because of the injury he had to take a couple of years off, and he just needs to be put in those situations more where he's getting doubled, where they're helping on him, they're playing his ball on a drive or something, um, so that he can protect it a little better. You know, I think our our assisted turnover. Um, in the front court this year was not great. (laughs) So it's, Mm -hmm. it's something, it's something to a man we all got to get better at. Uh, But he, he should be able to make as big of an offensive improvement as anybody next season, just because it's, uh, you know, he's, he's earlier in his uh, development, you know, he's, he's still a little bit juvenile to the game. And, and I think as a shooter, he'll also take another jump just by getting an off season of, of reps, You know, he came out like gangbusters this year and made a bunch of threes in a row to start the season. And then he had that, that dry spell, um, which he kind of finally broke out of uh, in overtime against Stanford. Um, and then I, I think he hit the nail on the head. He should be a guy that can face up and drive on guys and get them in foul trouble and and be able to um, kind of go both ways where if, if they're putting a little guy on him, he can kind of just – Bludgeon them until he gets to the rim like Deshaun does at times. And if they're uh, playing a, a bigger slog on him, then he can, uh, you know, face up and drive them and get around them, use his quickness.
2: Yeah. And between the, I, I, I cannot remember ever. I mean, just even one or the other FA or Deshaun, a big, that was, this good as a freshman at wsu like a a, a guy that's that big and that athletic either one of them and you guys are both and yeah we're i mean we we were talking about you know maybe fa would leave after this year but i I, it seems like maybe that's not going to happen but so uh but he does seem like a guy that could make that jump that maybe (laughs) because of his athleticism wouldn't be around forever but Uh um
0: I don't think we have any doubts that he is a future NBA player. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he's just he's he's too athletic and um has shown some blossoming skill. It's still early for him, but I think at the end of uh, with some development, I think he'll make threes at the NBA level. And um you know, I, I think on the defensive end, he's gotta get a little more comfortable defending on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and again, that's just reps. Like he's definitely quick enough and moves well enough laterally to be able to switch on to some guys and be able to play against some stretch fours and face up guys. Uh, But it's just not something he's had a lot of experience doing, you know, so hopefully he'll be able to get that done for us this spring, this summer. And um, I think it'd be great for him to play a lot of one-on-one with the guards just so he can get used to kind of being pressured and playing his ball. And and then on the defensive side, he can get used to – you know, guarding on the perimeter.
2: If you guys want to tape some of that, we'd we'd love to watch it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, may,
0: maybe if we just want to get his confidence up, you guys can uh, donate your time and come down and play defense.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I think I think he it, it wouldn't be tough for him at all. <laughs> uh, he
1: might uh, might la- Craig might put up a little better fight than me. Uh, so. There, yeah, there, there would be, there would be highlights of, uh, of him jumping over me. And, uh, I'd, I'd just be like cowering in fear and hoping not to get hurt.
0: So no question. He, he makes some plays that I'm just oh my you know, gosh, yeah. absolutely, you know, the, the tongue is rolling out of the mouth and the eyes are wide open. Like what the hell was that? <laughs> like, he just, <laughs> he just blocked a shot four feet above the rim, you know? Things like that. So he, I he can
2: he can dunk a basketball without taking a dribble from the three point line. You know. Yes, <laughs> he, the
0: the reverse dunk that he tried against Cal and got fouled <laughs> or missed or something was insane. Yeah. So
2: I, he's one of those guys that kind of his leaping ability. He can jump and he looks like he's floating because he's so he's high enough already, and then he can just wait till yeah. everyone else falls down and dunk. Which I think he had That's one of those about games, right. it, Against Arizona, he had a real good yeah. one
0: like that. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah, but, so, you know, I, I look too, while you guys were talking about Baines and, and Deshaun, I mean, I didn't realize, I mean, Deshaun had a better freshman year than Baines did. Oh, yeah. That's, that's insane yep. to say. And, yep. you know, obviously Baines is an NBA starter and, you know, starts for the Australian national team and, and he's unbelievable and making a ton of money. But uh, it's it's pretty yeah. cool to see that, you know, Deshaun, whatever he, he had a pretty good freshman year, no doubt.
2: Yeah, that's what we're saying. Like we, uh, I either one, I, we've never seen Bigs at WSU. I mean, you know, at least recently have have seasons like this, and it's exciting, and especially, you know, it's very clear that Deshaun the injury, uh, he was coming back from it even when he was playing because by midseason he was a different player, and he and and he was a lot more aggressive, and and yeah, just finish those putbacks, and he'll
0: if he could go <laughs> yeah people I, don't know he he missed about two months for us this summer uh because mm-hmm. he just he had some medical stuff and it took a while for him to get cleared you know so he he's actually everything he did this year he did while kind of coming from behind
1: yeah it's remarkable and i i think that you know the thing that i have to keep reminding myself of and, and i guess i don't have to keep reminding myself anymore cuz the season's over now but um you know i even after the arizona state game you know last week i, I just you know i was so like Ugh! you know, I'm sure you guys were too, you know, it's just like, you know, so frustrated and so, uh, you know, feeling like there there's just so much meat left on the bone there. And then I just remind myself how young they are, you know, and when I look at, you know, FA and Deshaun and, and, you know, some of the other guys, you know, DJ and, uh, Noah and, and, and I, you know, that what they were able to accomplish this year. Um, and then I remind myself that we're talking about, you know, freshmen and sophomores. And it's like, it's, I mean, because like Craig and I remember what, uh, you know, players like Derek Lowe and Aaron Baines and Kyle Weaver and, you know, Robbie Calgill and these guys when they were sophomores. And it's like that, that season was painful, you know? And then they busted out as juniors, you know, under Tony Bennett, but their sophomore year was, was their freshman and sophomores were painful. And it's like, and I'm looking at these guys, I'm going like, you know, they, they have, you know, not, not only have they outperformed, you know, those guys in in a lot of ways, but, but they're all still so young. And I I don't know. I mean, as coaches, do you guys have to sort of, because, because I know coaches usually want everything right away. You know, it's just kind of, you know, you guys are greedy and I get it just like, kind of like fans are, you know, do do you guys also sort of try to remind each other, like, okay, he's a freshman, he's a freshman, you know, he's a sophomore, you know, it's okay. Like we got, we, we, we're going to work through this.
0: Yeah, you know it's it's uh it's striking the right balance because uh, you it's obviously it's great to be young and and to feel like you have some talented young guys that have bright uh, futures ahead of them, but you also don't want to fall into the trap of uh, you know kind of acting like it's inevitable, you know. And mm-hmm. hey, if we just we just keep you guys around, you know, we'll go to the tournament because uh, mm-hmm. nothing's guaranteed. It doesn't yep. it doesn't work that way, you know. You can. You can get picked, uh, 12th like Oregon state and, and you can, uh, win the conference tournament or you can get uh, picked second like Arizona state and, and you end up, you know, you have a lot of talent and, and guys get injured and get hurt and leave and it just doesn't quite gel the way you want it to. And, and you don't, um, meet your potential. So, um, we, we got to keep our feet to the fire and, and keep trying to get better and improve both, uh, individually and and collectively but the the good news is i, I think all those guys are really a uh, growth mindset and hard workers and want to be good uh, you know Tj's great there andre's great there uh Deshaun is pretty darn good for a big i think bigs are normally a little less mature and a, mm-hmm. you know a little more playing the game because they're big mm-hmm. not as much because they love the game and and he loves the game you know and fa is a great worker awesome. too he's used to working at the Institute, and, and Jeff, you guys haven't seen it all yet, but he loves getting in the gym, and, um, you know, Carlos is uh, a lot of their, their best friends, so he's in there too. Noah, Noah of course, as well. So, um, yeah, you know, it, it's going to be young. I do wish we got really close, guys, to actually starting the youngest uh, lineup in the country this year. We never did it, but if we would have started Noah and four freshmen, so that would have been like Bamba – Andre FA and Deshaun. Uh, that would have been the youngest lineup in division one this year
2: yeah, I think we thought you guys were gonna do that okay there was a game we, we were sure that Bomba's was or maybe bomba did start one of the games but yeah um, but yeah it kind of what makes us so uh, you know uh, optimistic is you you look at a guy, at a guy like Noah and he was last year definitely a, a Uh, a guy that you looked at as a a player that would be good, but he'd be, you know, uh, a starter, but maybe a a defensive player. Maybe you're like third or fourth option on offense. But the way he improved his jump shot this year is I, I I don't think I've ever seen anything like it. Um, I've been thinking about putting the time to dig into the numbers to figure out, like, has anyone went from making what it was, like four of whatever, 27 to, shooting as many as he did and making and making them at as high a rate as he did. And then also just, you know, uh, from a standpoint of that, I think that was part of giving him the confidence to be a leader. I mean, he had, he was over 40% possession usage for two straight games for you guys. And it worked <laughs> out really well, but I mean, were you ever expecting him to be a 40 point score? Uh, you know, like, like Incredible. what, what, yeah, like where, where did that come from? Like what, what is about his personality that you, you talked about the way he works, but how does it fit with what you guys want to do and how does it feel that type of growth that he had?
0: He's the biggest uh, believer of anybody we've ever coached. I mean, just really, really confident guy. And, um, you know, and I mean this in a nice way, honestly, like believes that if he's in the game, we can beat anybody. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that and you need that. You need that. And the the jump that he made shooting the ball is, uh, you know, I, I was hoping you guys were going to have one for me. You know, hey, there was some guy at, you know, Texas uh, Tech 10 years ago that made that jump or something because I <laughs> I've never seen it. I've never seen anything yeah. like it. It's incredible. He went from basically a non shooter last year to uh, being one of the best shooters in the whole conference. Um, this season. So it's, it's awesome. And it, it's, uh, you know, it's going to help him a lot long-term too. It it helps his, uh, his prospects, uh, -hmm. for the league, for overseas, for becoming a all conference, uh, first team guy here. Um, everything like that. So it's, uh, it's a huge credit to him. He's worked at it really hard. He always believed it could happen. We knew he would get better as a shooter, uh, but he's way ahead of schedule there. Some might have, yeah, some, say, some people say might so.
2: say. Some people might say he was the most improved player in the conference. I, I, I don't know. Uh, you know
1: yeah. Some you know, people we, might say that. I'll
0: tell you this. We we did tell him, hey, you know, when you when you go at the the other team's bench and and you're you're talking some mess, that's not winning you tiebreak votes on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know I, is Sean Miller's not excited to vote for you for uh, most improved. Don't worry.
1: So. Uh, ah, small price to pay, right? No question. No small question. price to pay. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that uh, you know, most people, I think, will focus on the the improved percentage. You know, it's like, oh, he shot, you know, fifteen percent less or whatever. But to, it's not even just to go from, you know, the shooting, you know, 15% to shooting, you know, you know, damn near 40%, but it's the volume, right? Like, like to go from shooting 27 in, you know, I mean he played 50% of the minutes last year. I mean, he played a lot, you know, um, and was, you know, a mainstay by the end of the year to go from 27 to 124. Um, you know that's that's the part that I think is you know to me is just just so bonkers. Um, you know what what do you think the the part of his game that uh that that is the thing that he's going to be working on? You know, okay, so so now he's added a jumper, right? So is it the you know is it the ability to drive with either hand? Is it uh the get just getting stronger and trying to be able to get all the way to the rim with more regularity? What's what's the part you guys look for in his development?
0: I think it's facilitating for others. Okay. You know, it's, it's becoming more of a, uh, a playmaker that, you know, he's, he's built the reputation and, and he commands the respect of the defenses where they're going to collapse on his drives. They're going to go over on the ball screens and try to take away his three and, and they're going to put two on the ball. You know, they might show, they might blitz, they might help at the rim. And, uh, for him, his next step is, uh you know, being able to have that 10-assist game, you know, um, mm-hmm. when the other team decides, hey, we are taking away Noah at all costs. And and when they do that, he's got to be comfortable uh, knowing that he's playing that game as a playmaker first and foremost. You know, but um, I think he'll do that. I, he's He's uh, been coachable and wants to get better and, and uh, wants to be an NBA player like, like all of our guys do, and he's got it in him, and um, that's probably his next step. It
2: seems like such a huge mentality to have players that believe they can, you know, be an NBA player, be a professional player, because that seems like those have, you don't have to drive them as much to improve And we talk about, you know, we look at guys like, like Clay Thompson, but even less heralded guys like Brock Modem and and Aaron Baines and stuff that, that, uh, that made huge improvements at WSU. And then after, um, it's, it's not just because, you know, Tony Bennett was coaching him or whatever, um, or, you know, you, or whoever the coach was, it seems like some guys are just, just want to be better. And, and you don't, and it, cause as good as coaches, you got, as you guys may be, there's no way you could have coached him from becoming a, basically a non-factor from the three point line to uh, like a legitimate three point shooter. Like it's. Like, he just has to, like, he, and and it's cool to hear that there's, you know, you talk about Deshaun and F.A. and and, and Yaki and, and all these other guys that you you can almost, you, in bombay you can see that they have this in them that they, they want to, and, and that's got to be nice for you as a coach.
0: Yeah, it's great. It, you know, it kind of takes me back. When I was in high school, I had a, uh, a gym teacher uh, who taught some other things, but he uh, he, he kind of asked this question of, like, is there such a thing as in, as an extrinsic motivation? You know, and it, it kind of got us thinking, and it, you really, you have to have that kernel of self-motivation, of intrinsic motivation for the out, outside stuff to work. You know, if, if, uh, if Noah or Deshaun or F.A., if they personally don't have that fire to become the best player that they can be, then we don't get a chance to help them put together the blueprint of how to do it, you know, and and that's more our role. Like we're going to be at our best as coaches. If we're spending our thought time and our teaching time, just trying to show them the best way to get better. And instead of trying to motivate them to want to get better, (laughs) you know, there's, there's a big, big difference. And I I think that's an area we've been blessed as a program is that uh, the guys that we've brought in are very, very hungry to improve.
2: That's great, and I'll say one guy that you guys didn't bring in was Jazz Coons, um, oh, and yeah. it and it really seemed at one point in the season that he was just not going to be part of of the rotation. He wasn't really going to be in there. Um, I think we we maybe there were some injuries going on, but uh, he really turned it on in the last you know half of Pac-12 play, and I we've seen guys with his sort of profile do that like as seniors, but. To see him make that jump was huge. So what what really clicked for him? Was it just getting healthy or what, was there something else?
0: No, he, he gets all the credit on that because, uh, you know, to be honest, when the season ended last year, we kind of told him, like, hey, you, your, your play dipped a little bit in conference, you know, and we need you to be able to keep making shots against the better teams. you got to be able to keep getting on the offensive glass." Against the better teams, you got to be able to switch on the smaller guys and be able to help us that way because that's that's your talent. Your your talent is that you are a very mobile, tall, long, athletic guy, um, and we need to be able to use those abilities. And I think he really took that to heart, and and it really uh, made it a priority. Like I'm not fading this year. I'm going to get keep getting better over the course of the year, and I'm not afraid of anybody. And and I think the best. Uh, example of that was that arizona road game where he grabbed 14 rebounds i mean those were those were real men out there they got really good front court players like they always do and uh you know he was he was one of them you know he belonged in that uh in that poker fight for sure
2: well yeah i think yeah go ahead jeff sorry i
1: I was gonna say if you had told me before the year that jazz koontz would be a you know, forty percent minute, hundred and twenty offensive rating, seven and a half offensive rebound percentage, nineteen percent defensive rebounding percentage, guy in conference. I'd be like, no, no way. <laughs> like, come on, you're kidding, right? Like, I mean, that's huge. That that is a hugely useful guy.
0: Now we're we're really proud of him. He's done a great job for us. He's been super valuable. His Plus minus was good. That that was something that kind of had faded uh, toward the end last season, um, where we were just we were better when he wasn't in the game, and and you know by the end of the stretch, uh, down the stretch this year, we were way better when he was uh, on the court. You know, and that's that's why I think he saw some big playing time, especially the Arizona trip, Stanford, uh, Cal, those type of games, um, and he defends every night. You know, that's he led our team. In fewest points allowed this year, uh, wow. he's super responsible, great help side defender, knows where he's supposed to be. He's vocal on defense, calling the coverages, um, super valuable, you know. So we're we're lucky to have him for sure.
2: And and I think another player that kind of you know people think of as similarly because they they their offense profiles pretty similarly is uh is DJ and uh he, I mean, he just seems like to find his way into the lineup and it seemed really big when he was missing games. Like, I I think it's one of those players where you realized after that, like, wow, he, he needed to be in there. And, you know, cause he he doesn't take a ton of shots cause he doesn't, you know, he doesn't like show up as blocking shots or anything. You might, you might not think of him as, as, as a, as a key player, but um, yeah. Yeah. yeah what do you think about um, uh, Dj and, and and how he's grown and obviously hitting those threes he became you know his three-point shooting shot up um, uh, what do you think about that
0: yeah no he's uh it's funny he's he's our best uh, plus minus guy actually and and wow. part of it is that he's really comfortable in his own skin where he can have a game where he shoots eight threes and makes four of them and uh, ends up being one of our leading scorers, or he can have that game where he just defends his butt off and rebounds the whole game and takes one shot, and he's fine with that, you know. And and we got some other guys that are are pretty pretty aggressive trying to score and make plays, and and he's uh, comfortable just playing off of them and taking what he can get and just being the same dude every game, you know. Um, and then he is hugely impactful on the rebounding. And, mm-hmm. and part of it is because he's a, a great crash guy, flies in there, gets offensive boards. But he's also an extremely responsible blockout guy on defense. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll throw a stat at you. Um, you know, this excludes some, like, garbage time stuff. But uh, in conference play, when Rodman was in the game, we were plus 83 on the glass. Whoa! Wow. And when he was out of the game, we were minus 45. Wow. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so he helps, he helps a ton there. Um, it's not often you have a guy at the three that, that, that is that, um, strong and powerful, uh, crash in the glass.
2: Great. And, and yeah, I, I, it really, now that you think about it, when he was out and he came back, when he came back is really when you're, you're, you're rebounding. To, like shot up and and jeff yeah. wrote about it but i i think we probably went long enough I, I think uh sp nation would love for us to take a break we have a lot more to talk about with john uh don't worry we we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep him here as long as he wants to but uh but um let's take a break all right we're back i, I didn't use the bumper music this time because uh my phone's pretty much dead so uh, and, and it, 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 had such a hard time last time, no reason to make anything yeah. more difficult for myself. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get back into it. Uh, you know, now that, uh, you know, SB has been paid, um, look, we left off talking about jazz and DJ. Uh, I did want to kind of talk about some of the other returners. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's kind of, they, they, they seem like the older guys on the team, but they're still only sophomores, but like rap and vova um both of them missed time at vovo I, I don't I can't remember if it was one or two games i i it, i definitely know he missed the arizona game <laughs> like that's that's clear oh, you know no yeah no doubt but um and and the same thing with rap it raps kind of has that same sort of uh, uh, vibe as dj where you you don't know what you got till it's gone with him um and he really struggled with shooting obviously for a while but that kind of normalized throughout the season but um i mean just having both those guys all the year do you think maybe you guys just log a couple more wins because they're there
0: oh definitely definitely it just uh it just helps when you could play guys in their normal positions mm-hmm. you know i i can't tell you how valuable that is it's it's difficult when you know rodman has to play some of the two and andre has to play some of the two and You know, maybe you're playing a five at the four and things like that. Um, Noah's got to play point guard a little bit because it's just stuff that you don't even foresee. It's like uh, you might be lining up for end line out of bounds, and then you realize nobody on the court has ever played that position on that play. (laughs) You know, so they're looking at the sideline like, what the hell do I do here? You know, so you kind of try to talk them through. So, you know, it's just stuff like that. And then both those guys bring some. pretty solid things to the table. I mean, Ryan is a good passer that can mm-hmm. make plays in ball screens and get other guys shots. Um, and he, he calms us down a little bit. He can uh, settle down the offense and get us uh, more half-court quality possessions. And then Vova, I really think, is one of the premier rim protectors uh, in the conference. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily uh, – block like a fantastic number of shots but um, when teams see him down there they will settle for pull-up mid-rangers and floaters and things like that so he uh he definitely deters them um, from getting easy twos and we're we're a really really good defensive team when he's in the game
2: well yeah i think like rap and vova the same they're just big guys uh, at their positions and Yep. It, it seems like defensively, obviously that helps a lot for rap too. Um, but yeah, v- Vova, it just—it uh, seems like he learned how to be big better this year. He seemed he's yeah. he better at finishing around the basket, better at def- you know defending the rim, like you said.
0: You know, and he changed—he changed ends better too. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I thought there were times last year where his uh, lack of speed. We'll say, uh, you know, looked really, really bad in games, and I thought, I thought there were fewer of those moments this year. There were more plays where he was back on the uh, back in the scene of the, on the scene of the crime, you know, when they're transitioning for a layup or shooting a three or something. He was back in there to grab a rebound,
2: and he's just a great offensive rebounder. Uh, I mean. <laughs> It just by standing over guys. Uh,
0: yeah, he just kind of pushes them under and and uh, you know wedges them there and and grabs them. He's good at it. He uses his uh, his strength and his size well. Yeah,
2: and I, I think you you mentioned Yaki or, or Andre however. I they mentioned they called him Yaki once on Twitter, so I decided to call him that. Uh, uh, it's fun to type out and it's a lot easier to type out than Andre or, or Yakimovsky. Um But uh, uh, he had kind of an up and down season, obviously, but you mentioned him playing the two uh, he seems to handle the ball really well. And, and when, when we were looking at him, when you guys recruited him, we were looking at his tape, he looks like a guy that can kind of be that point forward type. Uh, do you see his game evolving into that? Or do you see him more of a, as an off ball, off ball guy?
0: Yeah, I, I definitely think he can be that point forward. I think his best uh, strength is his ability to dribble uh, for a size and, and then to pass mm-hmm. for a size. Um, he turned it over a little bit more than, than we wanted or than he wanted this year. Right. Um, but he he still made it through conference. I believe he was like, a, I don't know, one and a half to one assist to turnover or something like that in league. Um, yeah, the so he had a 10-assist game, right? Yeah, Yeah. yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. He had uh, – he had 18 assists on that uh, Stanford-Cal weekend, and uh, mm-hmm. you know showed some signs there. I think he's got a he's got to make a jump as a finisher. I mm-hmm. think uh, it got in his head a little bit, and he really uh, missed some bunnies because he he doesn't take a lot of bad ones. A few maybe ill-advised floaters, but for mm-hmm. the most part, he's trying to take shots at the rim, um, yeah. and he's just got to put them in at a higher rate. You know, there's no. No doubt about it, and get get fouled a little more. So, um, but for him, I mean, he had he had as big of a transition as anybody, uh, just coming to the states, coming to a totally different style of play. Um, and he knew a good amount of English; he was pretty good there. But learning that culturally, this is different. Um, you know, usually the Euro guys get a little better after their first year when there's a a little more uh, stability. In their lives
1: he seemed like a guy you know we keep talking about how a lot of these guys are quick learners you know he's he seemed like a guy too um, who you know as the season went along you know the issues that maybe plagued him early uh, became less so you know one of the things I was um, sort of surprised to find when I looked at his game log was you know felt like he was really really turnover prone and then I looked at his game log and it was kind of like it did really gotten under control you know for the minutes he was playing you know i mean playing yeah. you know 30 plus minutes um you know the the turnovers had really come down uh you know the the shot was still there and then kind of you know hit a little bit of a funk for a little bit but you know it, it just sort of you know it's with a lot of these guys similar to a lot of these guys where you felt like you know you, you they're they're really talented guys they they get by on talent for a little bit defenses adjust uh, t- try to take away what it is that they do well. They go through a little bit of a rough patch, and then they kind of come out the other side. And it it felt like that, you know, a little bit with Andre, especially with, um, you know, a little bit more of the ball handling duties while Isaac was out. Um, you know, he just seems like a really... Uh, mature kid who's a really smart basketball player who was kind of figuring it out as he went and you know you mentioned his ability to to finish and to get to the rim and things like that I mean I mean this is a six eight kid who's who's you know got a man's body already um, it certainly seems like you know him being a little more more of a force going to the rim um is an extremely reasonable expectation um you know for 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 development in his game to to become uh an even more effective you know offensive player
0: yeah for sure no i, I think that's necessary for him to reach his potential is uh he's got to be able to hurt the defenses more inside and he's uh he's plenty big enough to do it he just needs to get used to the physicality of the of the states and uh and just and develop his repertoire. You know, he needs to develop a few more uh, different ways to finish and be able to mm-hmm. go off different legs and um, finish in different ways. Um, but but he'll get there. He's uh, he's as hard of a worker as anybody we have in the program. So um,
2: yeah, I think him and him and DJ both like would make great moves to get themselves in a good position and just not finish. The shot yeah. and, and and you hope that you know especially with, with andre just you know 29 on twos is is ridiculous <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> like for a for a six eight like a six eight built guy like is you know you talk about the floaters he should never shoot a floater like at yeah. that size yeah. like it's never ever yeah. like he should be dunking on people you know well and yeah. he's athletic i mean it's not yeah. he's not just
1: you know six eight i mean he's six eight and wide and also pretty good lift like yeah, I, I'm I'm excited for what he might do next year, uh, getting around the basket. Yeah, he's, sure.
0: he's funny because uh, I, I thought, because I, I recruited him, His, I expected for this season that he would be pretty successful offensively and that there would be a longer transition period defensively. Mm-hmm. And it kind of went the other way. He established himself as a pretty good defender kind of from the jump. And there really were very few games this year where we had to take him out because of uh, defensive mistakes or, you know, a guy that he couldn't defend. Um, You know, so I I think for him long term, that's probably a good sign because uh, some guys never get there defensively and that sort of ends their careers. And he's already proven that he can do it defending at this level. Um, and now it just needs to get more comfortable and more confident on offense and, um, you know, just become a more efficient, uh, score.
2: Well, yeah. And you talk about the confidence on offense, you know, when, when I'm looking at the teams that you're playing all year and, and, you know, you, you do the scouts for however, however often you do. And, and I, I write these previews every week. And, and so the teams that scare me the most when we're doing these are the teams that have like five or six guys that all have like 25% usage. And mm-hmm. and and it's just, it, we saw that, you know, the worst kind of situation of that was the first time you guys played UCLA where they have a bunch of guys that can score and they all, just all decided to score on the same day, obviously. Like they just did decide not to miss yeah. a shot. But that's, you know, when you have a bunch of guys that are taking shots and a bunch of guys that are wanting to use the ball um, versus, you know, you know, one guy taking a third of the shots or, or whatever, um, it, it seems like a, 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 tougher to defend. And so do you, do you kind of hope that some of these freshmen that maybe we're at kind of, you know, under 20% usage this year, guys like, I think Yakomovsky definitely seems like a guy that could be a high usage guy. And, and, and uh, same with Deshaun, I think he seems like a guy that uses a lot more, um, F.A. and, uh, TJ and, and yeah. a lot of these guys look, seem like guys that have high usage. Do you, do, you, do you, see them, you know, next year getting to that point? So you kind of have a more diverse offense?
0: Yeah, I, I think they'll all grow. I mean, like DJ Rodman is still a low usage guy, mm-hmm. but he was 10% as a freshman and he went to 13 and a half as a sophomore, Which
2: is you bad, know, yeah. so we,
0: we need that same sort of three to 4% increase. Um, you know, from all these guys returning back because you hit the nail on the head. It's, it's a lot easier to scout and prepare for a team where one or two guys uh, take the vast majority of the shots. You know, you can come up with ways to double the post, to help on drives, to cover down, to shade a guy left, whatever it may be, um, to try to take away one guy or limit two guys. Uh, it's a lot harder to defend when, uh, they're truly balanced and they have basically five guys on the floor that are all at, you know, 20% usage.
2: Well, and I think with, when I think of guys like, like Isaac, if he was at 26% usage, he would be an insanely good, like he'd be like a 110, 110 yeah. o rating guy. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what we've talked about. You know, I, I don't know if we talk about podcasts, but like, per, like Jeff and I, just messages like, if, if, if he came back and, and some of these other guys kind of took a step forward, and maybe he could play off the ball a little more, and yeah. he was more of a yeah. twenty. Like he would just be a dead ringer. He'd probably be a forty percent three point shooter, but you know, fifty yeah. percent from twos. Probably, you know, I think he'd probably his three his free throw percentage would tick up, but that was a weird thing this year. But um, yeah, yeah but, it was a weird thing. So what we're saying is, come back, guys But you know, yeah, or, no or go, question, Or, 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 or go yeah. make money, whatever you want. If do. you're
0: listening, <laughs> come on back, come on yeah. back, baby. Let's make a run. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, I think getting him off the ball, maybe not all the time, but getting him off the ball more often would yeah. help him and would help us because it's, uh, it's harder to key on a guy if they're off the ball, you mm-hmm. know, if they're, if they're bringing the ball up the court, you can get, you know, uh, load up to them. You can build the wall, whatever it may be. Um, but it, it would be nice. I think it would help him and relieve some stress if, uh, Jefferson was available or, um another point guard or something like that
2: i'm, I'm we're, we're hoping that guard depth isn't an issue for you guys again after after this year. <laughs> you guys are thinking the same that thing. would
1: be some really bad injury oh luck God. again <laughs> if guard depth was another issue for you for sure no doubt no doubt but uh
0: yeah we should be bringing in a couple guards next year that um hopefully can bring the ball up against pressure and Help uh, get us into offense and use pick and roll to get us some easier shots. Um, you know, I think shooting is really important at that position, so we've uh, been trying to prioritize guys that that knock in threes and uh, and and can still defend. You know, we we're not going to get we don't want to stray too far from what's uh, helped us get to this point, which is uh, having guys that that can defend at this level. You know, so um, but but certainly. Guard, guard position, guard depth. More than anything, just having enough of them available um, on a game-to-game basis is a is a priority for next
2: year. I'm sure Kyle would love to find that next Frankie Ferrari, uh, just uh, <laughs> shooter. Um, for, you know the yeah, WC version sure. of that. <laughs>
0: yeah, Frankie was a really good player. Really good player. I, you know, I think there's uh, there's definitely a chance we have um, somebody in that mold that we're that we're looking at, but, um, I can give you, I'll give you guys more on that. Uh, hopefully June, July, the whole class will be uh, signed and sealed and, and all together. Um, but for now we're just kind of moving out of the season and and dipping our toes back into recruiting.
1: One guy we haven't talked about at all is Carlos Rosario, which, uh, fans were very excited about because recruiting services thought a lot about his talent. Didn't play a ton uh it it seemed pretty clear when you watched him play you know why that was you know he's he's got some uh physical maturing to do uh but you guys interestingly you know it's funny (laughs) he came on in some really uh important moments you know to just kind of like be a tall long guy Uh, how do you guys see him and his role going forward and 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 what it is that he's going to bring to the table uh maybe starting next year
0: yeah. The the most important thing for Los is, uh, is just to get healthy. You know, he's been battling some, some medical stuff that's really unique this year. And, uh, you know, something a lot of us don't have very much familiarity with and, uh, and he's done a great job and he's, he's pretty much through all of his, uh, treatments and things, but it, it's, uh, it's caused him to miss some games, um, mm-hmm. and to miss a bunch of practices and, And I think when you miss that much time, it's hard to uh, carve out too big of a role for yourself, you know, but what what Carlos brings to the table is he's a long, uh, talented defender that moves really well and is extremely instinctual. You know, he just kind of knows where the ball is going to be. He kind of pounces around like a a cat, you know, Uh, just kind of that quick, uh, smooth athlete. And, and that's why we played him in some big games is uh, we just felt the other team had a good wing scorer that we wanted to slow or we were playing some zone and he's pretty good in the zone. Um, so we gave him a role there. Um, and, and he's one of those guys that he doesn't try to, like, step on people's toes. He's very much a, a pleaser, wants to do what he's asked to do and, and play the role that he's uh, allotted. And, and I think for him, just getting comfortable and earning more minutes and um, being at every practice, uh, he'll become a better offensive player and a more impactful offensive player as he uh, gets comfortable uh, that he has that permission uh, to sort of be aggressive there.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was definitely a guy that we were very excited about coming in. But yeah, you could see um, that he wasn't able to be in the weight room and things like that but um, it it was apparent that like it's wait Carlos Rosario is checking in with with two minutes left and they're they're in the press and so obviously they're looking for a guy that's quick and, and can you know at the very least foul someone catch him catch up to them and foul them that's what, that's what I thought like you know he's got five fouls and you need to foul someone and he's quick and he can grab them but whatever um, no, he
0: is really good defensive talent for sure.
2: That's good. I mean, he's got those, he's got those like NBA arms, like that kind of yeah. hang below his knees. <laughs> you know, you, yep, you, you yep, see, yep. you see why he was a prospect when you look at his body type. Obviously, he probably wasn't at the weight he wanted to be this year, but, um, he took some outside shots. So, um, hopefully that, you know, the outside shooter and, you know, we didn't see him make you know, a shot. So we're hoping he ho- can shoot. He can yeah. shoot.
0: Yep. He's got a, he's got a good feel. He, uh, Knock shots down in practice. I think in the short term, where he should try to get to and where we want him to be is that like three and D type guy. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he's a little like some of those NBA guys. Like you know, obviously this guy was tremendous college player, so it's not fair to him to set that expectation. But (laughs) he's a little like Trevor Ariza. Yeah, you know, as far as just that long switchable dude that can guard a bunch of positions and can knock down a three.
2: Yeah. I mean, the the thing about this roster you guys have have already put together in just the span of two recruiting classes, and one really was like a, you know, a scramble recruiting class, it seems. But um, is Jeff and I, Jeff we were trying to put together an eight-man rotation the other day, and it seemed tough. like Mm -hmm. It just seemed tough to put together an eight-man rotation because that's, you know, your standard college rotation. But you guys were, what, 20? Twenty sixth in bench minutes this year. Uh, you think that was a product of just trying having so many young guys and trying to figure out who you have, or, or is that something that you think will you'll utilize going forward?
0: Yeah, you know, i I think I think Kyle wants to get to where we're playing, you know, eight nine guys, especially toward the end of the season. Um, that's his comfort level as a coach. Now it's not going to be. We're never going to be the Bayheim where it's six guys. You know, <laughs> we're not going to get that sparse. Well, it's easier um, when you're
2: standing around on defense. For half yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it's
0: uh, you know, I, I think part of it is that one of the best things about this team is we we really don't have any bad players. Mm-hmm. Like we don't we don't have anybody on scholarship that's like, oh no, you can't check him into the game. And like, and we you know, in past places we've been, at other jobs, turnarounds, year one, whatever it may be, there's usually one or two guys that are like, yeah, this level is a little much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think to the credit of our guys, the returners, the incomers, they all bring something to the table where you can check them in and and they have a chance to, to impact the game positively. You know, So that's why I think you saw a lot of different guys check in and, Different player combinations, and then and then the other piece was injuries too. Injuries, injuries, and COVID and contact tracing definitely uh, divided the minutes more than maybe uh, they normally would be.
2: Yeah, and I, it, it, it is you know from us as fans. I, I think Jeff, if you want to talk about, it, we've had the same feeling about this roster. It's like, especially the the guys that played. 25 plus percent minutes you know like you said on scholarship I, they all had their moments like they all showed yeah. us that like that's you know jeff is very high on bomba because jeff like we've seen him have huge games
0: already yep absolutely
1: yeah i i you know my my thing with bomba my, my little love affair with tj bomba i do want to point out by the way that i was way ahead of the curve on being the president of the noah williams fan club a year ago okay i i was i was the first one on that bandwagon but you know it's as i look at the roster it almost feels like both uh awesome and like like a terrible problem to have right where um you know it's in some ways i think with with coaches and you can correct me if i'm wrong but it's like okay so if you've got you know seven or you know like like seven or eight you know, defined guys who are clearly kind of your best guys in some ways, I think that makes it a little bit easier because you kind of go, okay, you know, these are my guys. Um, you know, when you've got, you know, 10, 11 guys who could really help you win, you know, then it's sort of like the, you know, kind of this bouncing act. I mean, I I know that for example, you know, we spent, just spent a bunch of time talking about, you know, Andre and it's like, well, he, you know barely played in those two games against arizona state so you know you kind of end up you know in vova i know had some times where kind of his his minutes kind of came mm-hmm. and went um you know maybe like from a from a coaching perspective you know how is it trying trying to kind of manage that when when yes you've got you know kind of all these guys you can deploy as needed and as necessary for specific situations, but also, you know, trying to manage all these guys who obviously are very competitive and want to play.
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. There's no question about it. Um, I think you're, you're definitely better as a program when you have a lot of competition and guys can't uh, get complacent about their playing time. And not that we had that at all, but you know, there are programs and places we've been at the past where it's like, you know, this guy just knows that no one's playing over him. You know, he's, he's going to play every minute that he wants to play, you know? So the, one of the things that was nice about this year is that especially in the front court. And then at those forward spots, there were a number of different guys that could help us from game to game. And so you know, it, it really did create that iron sharpens iron of like, all right, I got to be at my best because, you know, we got Jazz, we got Rodman, we got Andre, we got Bamba. They all can kind of play that same position, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, you know, we you gotta you gotta keep it coming. You gotta have a good practice. You know, every uh, every rep is important. Now, the the downside of that is you want guys to be confident. And in order to be confident, you know, you can't be here in footsteps and looking over your shoulder. So, you know, that's the, that's the challenge for us as coaches is, uh, you know, eventually you kind of want to figure out who the number one guy is at that position and who the backup is and who's kind of the auxiliary, um, type role. Um, but for this year, that, to be honest with you, that never really settled out because, uh, we were just injured all the time, you know, you, you, you didn't have stretches yep. of, you know, the same, uh, eight guys being available for 15 games in a row. It just never happened for us.
2: Well, yeah, you guys had two players that started played and started every game and, and that yep. was it, you know, Fa yep. and Noah. And yeah, then, the, you know, Isaac missed six and then the Arizona game, I would never count right. for him and never hold against him ever in my life. Yeah, but, yeah. uh, but like he like you, I mean, missing. Had... I mean, missing because Isaac ends up at sixty six percent minutes. I, I'm assuming you guys assumed he would be more eighty five to ninety percent minutes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and and Deshaun, if he's not hurt at the start of the season, is probably more of a sixty percent minute guy. And and so you, it's just we've we've already hit the we've already talked about this, but it's 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 crazy when you when you start looking at the games when you're just looking. You know, we're looking at the Kempon page. Like you're just looking at there was 27 games and, and there's only two guys that played in all those games. That's not normal. Like team, like team teams <laughs> yeah. don't usually have that many guys miss that much time all the time. Like it's crazy. One of
0: our, one of our two Ironmen men that, you know, never missed a game ends up being the guy who had the catastrophic, you know, knee injury <laughs> where he tore every yeah. ligament, you know, that he has. So course. it's just, it's, it's right. amazing, you know, and, and FA didn't miss a, uh, didn't miss a second this year. So, well, I Noah. um, um
2: and, and Noah, on the non-flagrant foul, uh, took quite a hit, too. So it's impressive that he was able to get in every game, too. Yep, um, yep, yep.
0: No, those two are tough. They, those two show up and uh, don't miss practices and definitely don't miss games. So it's, uh, you know, the best, the best ability is availability. You know, it's kind of a corny thing, but it matters. It helps a lot as a coach. It's hard to prepare for teams when you don't know who's going to play or who's not going to play. Um, you know, so hopefully we can do better with this next year. I, I do think COVID had a lot to do with it, to be honest. I think even, uh, even some of the injury stuff, I think, you know, I, I, I think guys didn't get as much sleep this year as they normally would. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of that is like, they're, the fans don't really know this, but they're testing every day. And most of those tests are at like 7am, 6am, 7.30. 8am and, and college kids, you know, they're night owls for the most part. A lot of yeah. them were up. No, <laughs> no, this, yeah, is, yeah, this is a complete you know. revelation
1: to Craig and I. Yeah, yeah so
0: sure. I, It's tricky. It's tricky. I signed up, up for one. all the 730
2: AM classes when I was a school. There you go. We all did, right? Yeah. <laughs> no well, you course. must have, you must have done. Cause you graduated. I in learned my years, lesson so after one semester, a, man. No, no, no. I, I
0: avoided <laughs> I avoided every class before noon like the plague, you know. And I and I'm still kind of I'm still kind of wired that way. I I would much rather work till two a.m. and then you know come in the office at ten like that. We're well aware of this. At this feels point, more John. comfortable to me. <laughs> we're we're
2: well aware of this at this point. <laughs> so yeah. Hey, that, that's that's when you're cutting up every single defensive play of an entire season you got to be up pretty late that's uh, right having that film room to yourself hey
0: yeah. there was some time this summer man it, it it uh you know it got boring at times so i'll admit
2: oh yeah when you when you said you text us and said hey i'll come on your pod like but, yeah he must be boring <laughs>
1: seriously you know. we were like wow how bored is john right now
0: uh, but, it, well, normally yeah. we're traveling around. We're we're going right. to Europe, yeah. or we're yeah. going to L.A. Yeah. watching a game. We're in Vegas for AU, and um, we're now at one year straight of no recruiting. It's uh, no off-campus yeah. recruiting. It's uh, totally. It, it kind 100. of boggles the mind, to be honest.
2: Yeah, no, no FAs, no Andres. Uh, you know, finding yeah. those guys.
0: Out there. Um, yeah, we're yeah. doing the best we can. Trying to use film. Um, online stuff, mm-hmm. doing Zooms, WhatsApp, making calls. Uh, but, yeah, it you know, it, it leads to a lot more uncertainty and variance in recruiting. I, I think it probably helped us last year with Deshaun and F.A. They maybe uh, I think we would have held on. I think we would have gotten them either way. But mm-hmm. they probably would have played in one or two more big tournaments where, you know, there's a chance a Kansas sees them or something. And, uh, you know. Comes, comes knocking. So we'll see. It can go either way. I, I think it gives you a chance to get a better guy that maybe big teams haven't seen. But at the same time, you haven't had as many um, chances to view them. So maybe you didn't find a wart that you otherwise would have.
2: Well, and Jeff and I have talked about this a lot. Um, you know, Pullman probably has uh, a stereotype among recruits, uh, you know they'll hear about it from other players who have visited there. You know, like the UCLA guys or whatever that have had to go to Pullman to play. You know, um, but there's something about getting a recruit in Pullman and seeing that it's a different thing than you realize. Uh, it's not, yeah, yeah. It's a small town, but it's it's a college town, and it's it's everyone is your age, and it's a it's a different thing. Like it's there's like you know, and and we saw with like with Tony, he would, he would, he would win guys over just like with this kind of family vibe and like, Hey, like this yeah. is like a family where this is different. And, and it's kind of hard to do that. I assume for you guys without actually getting people into Pullman.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I definitely think we try to hit on the family vibe as much as possible. And, and the fact that we're the only show in town, you know, mm-hmm. when we, uh, I, I do, I feel bad that our guys didn't get a chance to play in front of fans this year because oh, yeah. I I think this team was a really fun team to watch. Absolutely. You, oh, know, you guys and, and would have were, been
1: packing it out.
0: Yeah. They're just, there's some athletic fun plays that happen that, that maybe uh, you, you haven't seen that much of on the Palouse. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I think that would have been great for our guys. And, and one of the things we're pushing in recruiting is just like, when you get good here and we're selling out games and it's crazy, there's no better place to play, you know, cause these places will love you up. Uh, Pullman will love you up. Coug fans will love you up. They'll travel from three, four hours away to, to come to the game. You know, they'll recognize you every time you go to the, you know, uh, you go to local pizza place or whatever it may be. And, and that's what college athletics is about. You know, it's about that community and, um, camaraderie and family environment and, uh, you know, I think we're doing a good job with it. I think the guys eat it up pretty good, and and uh, we we want to make sure guys are coming here for the right reasons. If you're coming mm-hmm. here for the big clubs and uh, you know dancing with the stars and and you know meeting <laughs> celebrities, this is not the spot. You know, if if you uh, want to have some good times with your friends, if you want to get in the gym and get better and learn the game and become the very best that you can be, then um, this is it for sure. If you want a place that you're going to come back to for 30 years and people are going to know who you are and celebrate you at halftime of the games um this is the spot for sure i was going to say if sometimes ever... steph
2: curry shows up you know yeah. <laughs> there, there are some celebrities that yeah. Know that. yeah yeah, yeah.
1: I was going to say, if you ever need someone to talk to recruits – and t- this is probably totally an NCAA violation – but if you ever need someone to talk to recruits and tell them how awesome it can be, Craig is your guy because Craig <laughs> went to school during the Bennett years. Well, I also so –
2: I also donate money to the university, so don't do that. Uh, we'll <laughs> Definitely a booster, yeah, for sure a violation. Um... <laughs> no, but no, sure but I mean, violation. it's
1: but seriously though, when you know the, those Bennett years, uh, obviously you know the student section is is massive, right? Oh, man. Like when it's, it's when you know, it is, you we know, saw when it for there's the you know, game, obviously that's, yeah, that's I mean you, when, that, when that there's you know, five thousand students or whatever. 6000 I mean I don't even know how many it is right mm-hmm. 6 7000 right when it's packed out yeah student section um yeah it's uh, it it really is truly like nothing else and uh yeah I'm 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 excited for uh for when that's put back in and, and with what you guys are building and and I'm just you know waiting for you know FA to bring the house down next <laughs> year with one of those dunks for sure oh, I can't even imagine yeah. that
2: that that dunk that FA had against Arizona if if there was you know, 10,000 people in the, in the arena would have just, like lit the place on fire. Um, There there would
1: have been like 50 students who like fell out of their seats onto the court because they would just be like, you know, losing their minds.
0: Yeah. One of them would have been Craig. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, for sure. Okay. You'd be right down there in the, uh, in the mix with everybody for sure.
2: Yeah. I'll sneak my way in. I'll, uh, I like it. You, gotta, <laughs> yeah, you know,
0: sometimes you got to get the, get the crowd going. You got to teach them the, the chance. And, uh, you know, we need that core of uh, three, four or five guys to, to show them how it's done and then everybody catches yeah. on. Well, right that now was I...
1: absolutely Craig's brand during school, man. Yes. It, yeah, it. That it was, was it. it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I may have been, um, I may have been, uh, uh approached, uh, by a policeman during a game, um, and Told I was uh, inciting a riot um, <laughs> at one Love point, uh, but but right now, of course, I would need uh, ADA compliant uh, routes to the <laughs> seats to get there. Because uh, because uh, I'm blaming Noah, of course, uh, against Stanford. But, um, That's funny, but yeah, uh, as my Achilles heels. But I will say, uh, me and Clay are both uh healing our Achilles at the same time so we're uh, it's just Clay Thompson and I wow. going through the same thing um there you go living the exact same life I'm you, sure you
0: guys are practically the same
2: yeah exactly uh pretty you know. much pretty yeah. much yeah speaking of something that must help you guys in recruiting I gotta think that weekend of Clay coming back and talking about how WSU was the greatest place of all time must must be pretty helpful right
0: oh terrific terrific no, yeah. that that was <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Don't don't get it twisted. I mean, we. Uh, I'm just so thankful we won those two games that weekend. Oh yeah, because you know, that <laughs> if if we had lost those two, you know, that doesn't become quite as good of a talking point. So it was uh, it was good timing on RBF. Well,
2: that's why I said back then. I'm like Isaac Bonton is a, is a legend for life, just because of the way he went nuts against Oregon State to make sure that they won that game that day. <laughs> Like where he What's made- so
0: crazy about that weekend, that was that weekend came right after one of the all time butt kickings when we mm-hmm. went up to Stanford that first yep. year, you know, and and right on the heels of that were like the two biggest wins of the season. So it's it's kind of amazing. It's, you know, college basketball is a crazy thing. As soon as you think you've got a team figured out and they're really good and they're really bad, um, they flip it right on their head. I mean, I mean Oregon you, State.
2: Yeah,
0: Oregon State lost to Portland this year and and didn't look good doing it, you know. Yeah. And then they come back and win our conference, and and they were really tough all year and in every single game, you know. So it's a uh, it's a credit to them for sure.
2: Well, yeah, and you, you shouted them out on Twitter, and and you shout out Marlon Stewart, which is cool. Uh, he was a he was a manager under the Bennets, and uh, I, yep. I you know yep. we had some mutual friends. He's a good guy. Um, it, yep. It's interesting that those Bennett managers, uh, you know, obviously, uh, Ronnie Weidman is, is uh, assistant coach for Tony and, Virginia. Um, but they, they just have a, a, and then, uh, Tim Marion coach at WSU and he, is assistant coach at San Jose. So, uh, they, they have a nice little pedigree of, of managers uh, that are becoming coach that have become coaches. Um, but, but yeah, you, you, you shout out Oregon state. Um,
0: you it, know, it, it felt a little weird doing it. I gotta be yeah. honest. It, yeah. it felt strange but I uh, you know I, I respect what they did they, they accomplished a lot and um, you know that's they're a little bit in the mold of what we're trying to do which is uh, you know punch up into that into that Arizona UCLA Oregon type crowd.
2: yeah and they did a little differently than you guys they have said a ton of transfers this year uh, yeah. part of the reason yeah. I think they were picked 12th is because people you know it's hard to know what those transfers are gonna do. And, uh, you know, guys like Alatiche and, and uh, um, a bunch of guys on that team. Uh, um, yeah, they were very hard to preview uh, early in the season. I'm like, who the hell are all these people? <laughs> like, <I don't>, like <laughs> who's going to play? I have no idea who these guys are. Um, but, but when it came down to it, you look at Kempom, they were 69th in experience. Uh, you guys were 330th or something like that. Just, <laughs> um, how... You guys have a bunch of freshmen turn to sophomores, a bunch of, you know, sophomores turn to juniors. Um, how might, you know, you guys benefit just from that experience gained? And, and would that in itself just net you a few more wins? Cause you know, you and Oregon state were roughly equal and then they end up with three more conference wins. They end up making that run and they're going to the tournament. So is, is, is experience in itself valuable?
0: Oh, certainly. Certainly, and and this is a uh, this is kind of a build that we're used to. You know, Columbia was kind of a similar thing where we had a season where we we had a bad year, to be honest. Like uh, not nearly as good as this season was for us, and we actually finished last in the Ivy League. But we were super young. I think we were two thirty in experience, which is not even as young as this Coug team. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just kind of knew, like, all right, we dumped some minutes into some good young players and they're they're not quite ready to be great young players but they're pretty good and they're gonna become sophomores and then after they become sophomores they're gonna be juniors and you got something once once we're old you know and I think I think we're looking at the same thing now we're gonna to try to expedite that and hopefully we can break through uh, to the big dance next year um, but either either way as long as these guys, uh, keep working their butt off and and don't get complacent. Uh, you know, I think the future is really really bright.
2: Do you think that edge and uh, just helps with turnovers or you can... <laughs> it better? It better. <laughs>
0: I I'll say yes because if if uh, if we turn it over at the same rate next year, that's not going to be good. So um, be a lot of no, pushups. That, that'll in practice, get better. Yeah. <laughs> that'll get better. I I promise that'll get better.
1: It does feel like though that, you know, the way you guys have approached, uh, you know, building this up year over year is kind of looking at, okay, like we're, and I don't know if this is what you guys specifically do, but, but like, Hey, we want to, we want to be good at this and we yeah. want to get better at, at this and the other stuff like, we'll just sort of like endure it you know as as we go through you know so we'll we'll you know we really you know i remember you guys walked in last year you know we got to get the defense better right and so the offense it just sort of felt like you know we'll just we'll we'll sort of let cj try to be really good and we'll let isaac take a lot of shots and you know but but we're really you know we're just gonna kind of we can't tackle everything all at once and it, it feels like now okay so year three you know, now, okay, the defense is locked in, um, you know, some other things are sort of locked in, you know, maybe, maybe that's the time at which you say, okay, look, you know, this, this is the thing we, we got to get under control. This is the thing we got to fix, you know, and, and, you know, maybe this year you went, you know, Hey, as long, as long as they're giving us the effort on defense and as long as they're, Mm -hmm. you know, doing some other things then, and, and honestly also, and I mean, I don't know if you can even speak to this as well, but it's like it feels, you know, some of the turnover issue was just offensive fouls and that's something yeah. that's going to, you know, get cleared up with experience as well. So, I mean, I don't know if it feels like you guys kind of, Um, I I think did a really smart thing by, by kind of like, okay, we're going to focus on this thing and the other stuff we're just going to kind of, you know, I mean, I don't know, like I I can just almost picture, you know, Kyle, like looking in the air going, you know, serenity now, like as, as he watches all this stuff that, that he can't really deal with right now, you know, year three, it seems like you guys are ready to, to tackle some of the, some, some of the more fine tuning kind of things
0: yeah I think so and and part of it too is we're we're not that creative as coaches that's that's not you don't get into coaching if you're uh, you know Mozart or a great artist and, and so like there's a pretty clear blueprint how to do it here at wazoo and and the Bennett family said hey you're gonna take the first two to three years and get awesome on defense and then once you got uh, some guys you recruited and they get older then the offense will get better. You know, and that's, that's, I think to some extent, that's kind of the model we're following. I think it's a, it's a model that our fans are pretty comfortable with, you know, they're, they're not, um, ready to grab their pitchforks, even though we, uh, we're not a very good offensive team this year and, and every job and every school is unique. You know, if we Mm -hmm. were, if we were at a school where the, uh, you know the the best coaches that had coached there had been incredible on offense and terrible on D. You know they would probably be looking at us a little bit differently in year two. They'd be like, "Hey, this offense is, uh, you know, what, what's going on here?" Even though we're pretty good defensively, so um, you know I, I think it fits the, the the school. I think it fits the area. I think it fits our our tradition to uh, you know get our foundation right on just trying to not beat ourselves on defense. And then uh, now we got to carry that over to offense and, and tune it up a little more and take care of the ball and, and get better shots.
2: Yeah. And uh, I'll say, you know, I, I wanted to ask you about what kind of what your immediate outlook for the next season is. I, I have to put that pressure on you because uh, Cammy Etheridge, you know, she's got them <laughs> on the brink. She's got them on the brink of the tournament. Yeah. I, I'm feeling good about them getting in the tournament. Um, yep. I don't know if you. I don't know if you have a Charlie's Ledger Walker coming in next year. That would be great oh, if, if you got if you got one of those uh, players coming in. <laughs> that would, be She's pretty
0: incredible. Great. Yeah, she's we'll, we'll really, take another one of those. No, she's. Uh, I mean, shoot, I coach men's. I don't coach women, so I don't I don't know their sport as well. But she's as good of a player as I've ever seen. Yeah, she's... you know, I I'd be shocked if she's not like a good N- WNBA player. <laughs> not just like can make it, like a good one. You know, so. Um, we'll see. She's terrific. Um, we're, I'm pretty sure they're in let's, uh, I don't want to even, you know, speak, uh, you know, talk about the, whatever the sacred cow there, but, uh, I think they're in and it's a, it's an awesome example for us that they broke through in, in year three, you know, their, their league is, uh, even better than ours on the women's side. Mm Um, you know, but saying, I'm, glad, we... I'm
2: glad you guys aren't playing in the Big Ten this year. I'm glad. You... Oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> oh my
0: god. It's, some of these programs. I mean, you look on Kent Palm, like Penn State's a good basketball team.
2: Yeah,
0: they're good. They're 35 Ken Palm, and they really struggle to win Big Ten games. It's amazing. You know that that Duke team that everybody says is terrible is uh, 33 Kent Palm. They're good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so you know, it's it's funny. You know, there's there's some good leagues out there, but our league. I think our league is going to be right back in that mix in a couple of years. I think mm-hmm. the the high-end talent is getting better. I think there's a lot of really good coaches in the league that are mm-hmm. are pulling up some of these programs. I mean, Arizona State finished just ahead of us and they have at least a couple NBA players if not more. Yeah. You know, so there's there's some good there's some good talent throughout the league. I think we can um, say
2: you guys have a couple NBA players at this point too. Yeah,
0: I think so too. I think so too. So it's, uh, it's exciting. I, you know, you asked about outlook for next year. I I wouldn't say it's like NCAA tournament or bust. You know, I, I do think there's room to have a good year and not make the tournament, but I think we're at a spot in the program where we can start thinking in those terms and we can make that a goal and try to work toward it. You know, when we first got here, I I don't think it was reasonable year one to say, Hey, we got to make the tournament. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think we were ready for that, but I I think this team has been in some big games and gone toe to toe with some of the best teams in the league that, you know, they can see a path mentally to go in 12 and eight or uh, 11 and nine or whatever it's going to take to try to make the, make the field.
2: Yeah. um, That's, that's that's what we like to hear you know it's just uh, from a fan you you look at the players and and you know we always we can't help but think to the benefit years like it's just like a reflex but this this season is 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 pretty similar to that season before they broke out before um Mm -hmm. i would say that was a lot of sophomores turning to juniors but there is quite a few sophomores turning to juniors on your team but um but I, i would say these freshmen are probably at the talent level that a lot of those sophomores were uh, going to that junior season you know you look at guys like fa and deshaun like it, they're already good pac-12 players and uh uh it's it's it, it just you just get excited thinking about you know deshaun being healthy and and fa ha- having a full year of playing every game and mm-hmm. playing basketball and 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 then yeah. and, and then you know a guy like andre just having all that time uh to, to figure it out and um, Guys like Koontz and Rodman who took a step forward. So, uh, For sure. yeah, so we would love if you guys made an NCAA tournament. That would be great. Um and, oh, no. uh, you know, uh, I mean,
1: those guys went from uh, 99 to 27 in Ken Palm. So, yeah. you know, oh, I've no, seen to make a little 70 a spot jump next year.
0: Hey, it's uh, those jumps have <laughs> happened. I mean, Kyle had a team in San Francisco that was pretty good. They faded, they faded down the stretch and I know it still bothers him, but they were uh they were on the right side of the bubble for most of the season. And and they went from 158 Kempom all the way to 67 in one year. Yeah. So us do that. And they do went they went from 230 on offense to 45. Yeah, so, we hey, do yeah. that. Let's do I that. Let's do that. Yes. No question. No question. <laughs> so
2: I does d- did you guys pay attention? you guys are nudged ahead of san francisco this year does does anyone on the staff pay attention to that does anyone think let's get better than san francisco
0: i'd like to pretend i'm not that petty but uh (laughs) but yes we definitely we definitely noticed when we when we passed Uh, them.
2: i'll I'll say i i uh i went to grad school in vermont so i've been really wanting wsu to pass vermont in the rankings for a while and you guys did that so thank you um, Very that good. my, that my undergrad, uh, Pac-12 school is now ahead of my America East, uh, like, uh, 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 grad school. So, um,
0: hey, UVM's got a good program. Hey, were you there did. when, uh, were you there when TJ Sorrentine was there?
2: Uh, what year was he there? I'm trying to remember. I, I can't remember if it was the exact year. Uh, was that the year they played UNC in the tournament? Or with, no, yeah, that, that was, was
0: when when they knocked out Syracuse. No, 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 no. That was that was
2: before I got there. That was before, before I got you. There. Okay, that was before you.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. I was just wondering because that's one of my good friends in coaching. He he's the guy who nice. made that shot. Yeah. He coaches over at at Brown now, actually. So, nice. Um, I I've been on the campus. I've been up to Burlington a number of times. I'll be honest. It's a great city. So there's yeah city. there's a good little street there to you know have Church some beverages street. as well. Yeah. <laughs>
2: For sure. Well, if you ever, if you ever go when you go to Boulder, Church Street in Vermont was uh, modeled after the, the main street in Boulder. So it's like, oh, really? Uh, it's I didn't know. It's the same that. style. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. That's yeah, funny. it
2: was fun. We, when we lived there, we lived like three blocks from Church Street. That was a, that was a fun yeah. place. That yeah. was a fun yeah. place for yeah. sure. Yep,
0: yeah. For sure. Red, Red Square. Was Red Square still there? Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 There, you, yeah.
2: Go. there you go. Good spot. Good spot. We met a lot of Quebecois there. <laughs> oh no question,
0: no question.
2: It's a lot cheaper to drink in Vermont than Quebec. If anyone wants to, it, it, pro tip for any Canadians out there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, man, John, uh, we put you through the rain. we uh, we made you talk a lot today.
0: Ah, <laughs> oh, that's good. One. That was a good one. That's what I'm here for. Just uh, spill the beans.
2: Yeah, again, this is back-to-back episodes where Jeff didn't talk very much, and I'm sure our listeners are over the moon. It's
1: perfect.
0: Yeah, I'm sure our
1: our <laughs> listeners are over the moon for not having to listen to me very much. It's perfect.
0: Well, you guys do a great job. You uh, obviously love the Cougs as much as uh, as anybody could, and I think it's great that you have this podcast for for people to learn about the program and and just be invested. You know, I that's what makes college athletics good is when you have these big fan bases that kind of live and die with the team and mm-hmm. want to know everything, you know, who's injured, who's not injured, who's getting good, who are we recruiting? Um, you know, it, it adds a little pressure to us as coaches, but it's good. That's what, that's what good programs look like is, uh, a lot of people that really, really, really care about the team.
1: Well, and um, for us, it's, it's super fun to watch, you know, development. I mean, it's, uh, You know, watching guys get better, watching guys, you know, figure it out, watch it. You know, I mean, it's as I get older. Right. So I just turned 44 yesterday. Uh, And, you know, it's 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 watching these young guys. uh, You know, there's sort of this interesting dynamic of. Uh, you know, getting older and, and the guys who are in college, you know, being, you know, that much farther, <laughs> that much farther from me uh, in terms of their experience. But at, at the same time, you know, it's it's what I think we all love about it is watching these guys figure it out, watching these guys develop, watching these guys get better, you know, before they before they move along. So, uh, you know, that's that's been something that's been super, super fun. I mean, I know Craig sort of alluded to this earlier, but, you know, the way that the program has gotten better. Uh, you know, despite losing, you know, top talent each year uh, is a real testament to what you guys are doing, a real testament to the work uh, and and to the program that you're building. Um, And and that's what's super fun, you know, feeling like you are building towards something, working towards something, um, you know, that the payoff is going to come, you know, down the road. And uh, I, I think we all see super 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 bright things uh in the in the future for wc basketball so yeah very 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 excited uh extremely pumped for and and i know like the end of this year uh you know we didn't we didn't want to see the end of this year but but at the same time uh you know extremely pumped for for what's coming in the future and and it's, you know, it's gonna be a long, it's gonna be a long, long wait, you know, until next, uh, until next September.
0: But, uh, but I wish, I, I wish we could start it right now. Zero and zero. Yeah, know, Let's play our right? twenty pack twelve yeah. games. Here we go.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. you guys are gonna have a level of excitement around the program beginning uh, because yes. of because of players like Deshaun and FA and 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 like just and Noah, of course. Like you're just you're gonna have a level of excitement that we haven't seen in a long time and i really hope that we were able to be in the stands i i i am optimistic that we will by 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 the basketball team rolls around basketball season yeah. rolls around uh, i feel good about because that cuz i want to be there um you know uh, i have season tickets that i don't hardly ever use uh, <laughs> but, uh, but i have them and and i just i want to be there i cuz it this is going to you guys you know regardless of the results you already got a fun team to watch so uh that's that's always good um
0: Hey, yeah, get, thank- you, get your vaccines as soon as yes. you're, uh, as soon as the state allows you get your vaccines. Cause I, I really think that is the ticket for in-person athletics moving forward.
1: I already got shot. Number one. Yeah. There you Jeff, go. Shot number Jeff, two in two weeks.
0: Jeff's a teacher. So he's, he's already
2: getting, he's already getting paid. Oh,
0: perfect. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. You I'm and so you and excited. I, John
2: are, uh, young, uh, Adult you guys men. Are too young. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna be last in line, uh, but but uh, hopefully last in line is moving up, and then we'll all get yep. those. And, and yep. yeah,
0: there we go. But,
2: but yeah, thank you, John, so much. Um, this was a blast uh, for me. I know it was for Jeff too. um yeah, it was. Um, if you if you want to follow John, uh, follow the WCU men's basketball team. Uh, they're on TV sometimes, uh, pretty much all their game, all their games are on TV. Uh, yeah. Um, follow like, you know, recruiting services. Uh, John has a hand in that. So if you see someone landing, he, he may have, he may have done that. Um, uh, he, he's on Twitter. John, if you want to spell your last name, you can, uh, I'm, I'm not going to, but, uh,
0: I just, I just got to remember it real quick. It's a tough one. Uh, all right. It's, uh, a. <laughs> So my Twitter is Coach A N D R Z E J E K. That's A N D R Z E J E K. Uh, I pronounce it Anderejek, but if you see me, just do your best, throw out whatever you got. <laughs> I, I've never been offended by it because it's a it's a brutal last name. So yeah. there you go.
1: No no joke. First time we met, I was like, "Come again?" <laughs> I was <just> thinking <laughs> yeah. in my head, I'm like, "Like yeah. sit." okay wait one more time you know like but I didn't I didn't I didn't say that I was thinking it
2: I will but. say uh, John actually tweets too um, so it's not not a bad follow not, uh, not
0: well not well I, I do my best but I'll throw just, some stuff out there you,
2: now. Have good, uh, you have good you um, have uh, good you know uh, engagement per tweet so you're, you're doing a good job in that regard so oh, um,
0: that's yeah funny. I, I didn't even know that stat or how to find that so there we go
2: yeah
0: yeah well if, I, can if I knew it i'd probably screw it up
2: yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah just just do just do what you do john just keep keep it flowing uh you know tweet about clock errors at the end of uh games and, and all that and keep like, fans eat it up <laughs> you know? uh yeah yeah wait yeah um so if you wanna uh if, if you like this uh we have john on like three or four times a year, you know, uh, we're, we're trying to make him a, a regular, just, just, a just one of the hosts, but, uh, he has another job, so we'll, we'll do our best on that, <laughs> that regard. Um, but you can, uh, uh, you subscribe to us, please. And rate us on iTunes and whatever else, uh, five stars, um, uh, leave something funny. Uh, we, maybe I'll read it. Um, leave something funny in Rio's five stars. There's some funny things that people leave in Rio's two stars. I don't like those. Uh, just leave it the five stars. Um, <laughs> uh, at pod versus everyone is Jeff on Twitter. That is not me. I do not. Yes. I do. I do not take, take any responsibility for what he <laughs> tweets on that. That is not me. Um, I am a dude. I'm at the Craig powers. Uh, you can shoot us an email. If you got a question for us, uh, podcast vs everyone at gmail.com um all spelled out and uh yeah i think that's that's about it um uh we always like to say go coobs john
0: oh absolutely go coobs go coobs fellas thank <laughs> you
1: black lives matter craig
0: black lives matter